Welcome to the Consulting Edge podcast. If you want to find out how to turn your knowledge and expertise into a consulting business, find your edge and become a seven-figure consultantpreneur in the digital age from startup to scale up, then this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Masood Hassan, and every week I'll take you through practical content that you can use to turn what you know into a lifetime of multiple income streams, work less and grow faster smartly. These are methods that I actually use to do my own consulting work and how I built up my own consulting business over the last 25 years. For each episode, I'll create a custom action guide so you know exactly what steps to take to help you get results really fast. My ambition is to change the future of 1 million people to break out on their own and create new business value. 1 million independent consultants, 1 million stories, 1 million futures. So be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and join me now for this week's episode. Hi and welcome to episode 7 of the Consulting Edge podcast and today we're going to be talking about the five stages from prospect to client and how to navigate through each of those stages. But before we start, how's your week been? What have you been up to? What's been the most exciting thing that you've done this week? Let me know. Drop me a line as usual. I've had quite a few emails actually this week. Um, I have answered those and I'm in the middle of responding to some of the others. Uh, But what I'd like to do is get a compilation of those questions because they've been really interesting. Uh, Actually, a lot of the questions that I've received have been about really getting off the ground. And I think people have been in this little transit mode where they were thinking about doing consulting or actually in the process of consulting. But were just at that point where they were either stuck or they were just at a point where they wanted to get going but didn't know how. I'm going to put together a special episode just for that, really based around transition. Some of the questions have actually been very much around how do you actually develop and scale the business as well. So there's been a mixture and what I want to do is just try and bundle those together so we could put a really special episode together for you just based around that and we can sort of have a question and answer session and hopefully we can answer the sort of top 10 questions that come through. And if you've got any, please do so. You know, send stuff through me to Masood at theconsultingedge.co and I'll be happy to uh, to respond back. But look, today's episode is all really around how we actually get through these five stages from prospect to client. So first of all, I have to say it's not what you think. Um, I'm going to actually take you through what I believe are the five key stages from prospect to client. And more importantly, not only what they are, but also how do we actually navigate our way through them in order to actually understand how to move our clients along through that whole process. When I first got into consulting, I thought I really had a clear path. I knew what I wanted to do with my clients and I knew how to get there. But I soon realized that my way was, wasn't really the only way. And I also learned very quickly that the buying process isn't actually linear. So your clients don't work in a linear way and neither does the selling process. They say that consultants don't sell. They help clients to buy. I think, I think in some ways that's true. But how clients buy is different in expert services professions than other sectors. I've also realized that no one ever needs consultants until they actually do. But let me just say that selling professional services is not achievable, I think, through the more sort of common mass market product-based tactics that people are using. But that's sadly what you'll find out from a lot of the programs that are out there at the moment. I've also sort of said in my previous episodes that coaching and consulting businesses are two different things. I know because I run both. Now, why is that important to understand? Well, because despite how simple people make it look, the sales process is actually quite complex in consulting. Buying consulting or any advisory services is sort of an emotional decision. Firstly, there is no B2B or B2C selling in consulting. What you're actually selling to are people, and people by their very nature are emotional. 
So the goal is not to sell what you do, but to be able to be invited by clients into their projects as trusted partners and advisors. But the problem I found is that no one ever really tells you how to sell consulting and professional services. You sort of learn as you go along. I'd say there's probably even less real guidance when it comes to marketing. And it's why I didn't even understand or know how critical marketing was in the sales process until I actually started to run my own consulting business. I know, I know, it seems obvious, right? But at the time, it's not so obvious. And it's not so obvious when you first start out or until somebody actually points it out to you and tells you. So when you break it down to its core fundamentals, the sales process often sort of consists of five core stages in the traditional sense, right? So you go targeting, you then go prospecting, you then qualify the target, and then you start proposing, and then you start closing, or something like that of nature. But you'll find that most organizations will actually have that target, prospect, qualify, propose, and close stages to the whole business development cycle. And it's actually the buying journey that most consulting companies have. It's the sort of structure they set in place to take their own consultants through and actually do business development. It's sort of drummed into people, well, that's the stages that you have to go through to actually take a client through a logical start from prospect all the way through to becoming a client and signing up for a project. And it's also the process most companies take their clients through as well, or actually force feed their clients through. But here's the rub. It's not how clients buy. However, most of these organizations think or they assume that prospects will naturally go from one stage to another. And the challenge is what happens in between each stage is critically important. And if you don't pay attention to that, there's a fair chance that things won't move along as you're hoping for. Now, you just can't wait for things to happen between each stage, right? And there's a really big flaw in the process itself. We know that buying is not linear. So why should we be selling that way? You might also think that actually many of your clients' decisions are instinctive, but actually they're always going through a process, even subconsciously. Now, just imagine if you're able to see what those stages are in the real world, And at what point those decisions are made from a client's perspective, then I think it will help you and the buyer to come to a natural conclusion. And it will also answer many of the questions you may have about why someone hasn't made the decision to go with you and your services. So actually, from my experience, I think the client buying journey goes something like this. It sort of starts off with some sort of research that the client is doing. The client's probably either fishing around or actually looking for some help. And then they come across you and they look at what your profile looks like, or they've heard about you, or somebody's told them about you. And a number of things run through their minds. And there's a whole process of things that they go through. Firstly, they'll be saying something like, I've been searching and I'm aware of you and your business. They know about you. They know where you exist. They know where you are. So they've discovered you. Secondly, they'll go through a phase where they start to understand you and how you do your business and why your business is actually unique. Thirdly, they'll probably go through a process where they start to think about, well, I'm interested in what you do because I think it's relevant and potentially I think there's some value there for me. So that movement in thinking is actually quite important. Then there's another step they go through. They realize they've got respect for you. They realize that you're professional and that you've got the expertise and they think and believe that you can help them. The process of thinking after that is that, look, I think you're honest enough and I can trust you and I believe you've got my best interest at heart and I feel comfortable working with you. That's when they start to get exposed to you and they understand who you are and what you can offer up. The next natural position for them is then to think about, well, if I bought into it, then how come the rest of my organization or my business buy into it as well? So how do I get those people in my own organization onto my side? The next stage of that process for them would be about, hmm, okay, well, I've got the people on my side. Everyone's bought into this. Now, how how do I actually fund this? How do I get the financial support to be able to pay for the work that I'm about to buy from you? 
And then lastly, there's a step that says I've got everything lined up. Now, how do I actually start to make this real? They recognize that it's a priority for them and they're ready to go. Now, those are sort of logical steps that a client naturally thinks about without necessarily having a very sophisticated process to go through. Nothing's written, of course, and nothing's documented in that sense, but this is constantly running around in their heads all the time. And also, they're not necessarily linear, right? They're not in that particular order. They're not sequential. But hopefully, you know where I'm coming from. That whole process of thinking happens dynamically. And some of that may occur all in one go, it may occur in one day, it may occur over a few months. So the timing of that is quite vital. And you being in a position where you can actually make sure that you're ready for those questions and that you're ready to answer those questions is actually quite a powerful place to be. Now, if you take this view of the world, it becomes really obvious that the client has to go through two cycles of decision making. Number one, the decision on whether they need you and make sure they understand why, the value that you're going to bring and what they're going to get. And number two, they also have a decision to make about how they're going to sell this internally to all the stakeholder community and get their buy-in. Now, both those cycles are critical to understand and pass through in a way that allows you to help them make those decisions from moving from one phase to another. So how do you help potential clients pass through each of those stages? You know, what input will they need from you? How do you move them from one level to the next? How do you take them from one level of awareness to the next level of awareness? And how do you actually get a decision in your favor? But before I get going on that, I think it's really interesting to see that in the new digital world of consulting, I believe there's been a number of areas where things have shifted. And in my mind, I think there's been three shifts. The big number one shift for me that I've seen along the way over the last, I suppose, five to 10 years is that marketing does not get you clients. I know, I know. Stop, stop, Masood. What are you saying? What do you mean marketing doesn't get you clients? Well, look, I know exactly what you're thinking, but look, hold on a minute. Look, I I know I've just told you that as a consultant, it's all about marketing. I've been harping on about that in the last few episodes as well. Look, I'm not telling you that marketing doesn't get you clients. Look, let me explain. You should. No, no, no. You must do marketing. It's essential. However, it will not get you a new assignment. Look, if you post a marketing message on LinkedIn, for example, nobody's going to read it and immediately hire you. Trust and credibility need to be built beforehand. And marketing creates awareness of your brand, right? It helps your target market understand who you are and the benefits that you help clients achieve. It's also a starting point for constructing your credibility. And we've spoken about that already in the last few episodes. It's what you do when they first become aware of you and have that first conversation onwards that wins the work, which they're comfortable with. Now, to do this, you must help potential new clients walk through your sales cycle. And and it's got to be at a pace which is comfortable for them, but agile enough for them to be able to change their direction, mind or situation really quickly. So marketing alone isn't going to work. You're going to have to help the client navigate through your sales cycle and to be agile enough for them to be able to change their minds and for you to be able to respond to that very, very quickly. Now, the second big shift that I've seen is that clients don't necessarily follow your sales cycle. Now, I've already said that clients have their own process. Now, too many people, when they first get into this business, think that selling professional services and consulting, for example, is linear. You know, it's a step-by-step process. You've got to take everybody through each step. And as they go from one step to another, you progress forward. Uh, Wrong. And a lot of them believe that their whole sale process should actually push as many prospects as possible into sort of this conceptual funnel or pipeline. If you look at these sales funnels and pipelines, they often have this really wide opening um, right at the top. And so what happens is that companies stuff as many people through that process, right, until it narrows down eventually to find a few clients. 
The funnel usually has a fixed number of predefined steps, which I've already described before, and where people are labeled and categorized. And from my perspective, this process doesn't really sound like a personal service to me. I mean, it's not from a trusted expert perspective, and it actually doesn't position you as having a really good relationship with a client. It also feels more like a transactional sausage machine that churns out and grinds people into sort of similar items who are all being treated exactly the same. Look, this is not you, and it's not what your clients want, so don't do it. Your clients don't want to be forced through your process, irrespective of where they are or whether they're ready or not. Clients want to follow their own processes. Your sales cycle needs to be flexible and adaptable for each person and their individual preferences. You need to monitor progress and support each person by providing the relevant information at the right time that allows them to move at their own accord. The sales cycle has one purpose only, and that is to construct credibility. It's actually not to sell. Look, you're going to lose potential new clients the minute you try to sell someone who isn't ready. If you focus on establishing yourself as an expert and trusted advisor, the client will do all the sales work for you. With this approach, your business development model changes from a system that pushes people through a funnel or a pipeline to one where people can walk themselves through it at a time and pace that suits them. Well, this means that clients come to you when their circumstances change and they need your help. You provide everything they need to feel comfortable to ask for support. Now, think about that for a minute. They come to you. Now, you're already the expert and it's you who decides if you work together, not them. Now, imagine how it changes the dynamic from you pushing hundreds of prospects through the fixed process for any sale to one where they can pull on you. Now, the third big shift, and it's a really important one, there is no way that you're going to be able to sell your services or a client's going to buy your services if they're not needed, no matter how good your sales process is or how detailed it is, it isn't going to happen. They need to find themselves in a situation that requires your support. Now, I found that clients usually ask for help when they're worried about something or something negative's happened or they're concerned about something that's keeping them up at night or that something could happen in the future. They'll engage with you when they want the challenge resolved or minimized or if they're actually desiring something positive in the future. They'll hire you when they want that ambition realized. It's difficult to sell to a client if everything is going well for them. If you try, it'll make it hard to win in the future when they do need your help. So what do you do when you're in that situation, you're asking? Well, you have to sort of design a sales cycle which keeps you regularly in touch. They may not need your services straight away, but you've got to be top of mind and be able to keep in touch regularly with those potential new clients. The majority of your time is to add value and provide them with something of interest to construct your credibility and make them aware of what you do. And when your time is right, when they need your help, they'll reach out to you. You need to keep on top of mind. I recall speaking to a prospect when I first started out and then didn't speak to them for about three months. And then when I called him up and spoke to him, he'd already given a piece of work away to another consultant. Now, his comment to me was, oh, I didn't think you were interested. I thought you were too busy. So it's important that you keep constant touch with your clients, but your process and your sales process has to allow you to do that. I also don't think your sales cycle needs to be a well-oiled machine. What it needs to be is a garden where you can sow your credibility seeds. You can nurture them. You can watch them grow. You can see them become strong, healthy trees, plants, flowers. You get my point. To do this, you will be invited to those conversations and you will win work. So with those three things in mind, it starts to raise a really fundamental question. How do you keep on top of mind in an ever-changing environment where clients or prospects are making decisions quickly without you and changing directions when sometimes they're not even aware of what's happening in the organization? Perceptions of value fluctuate. Stakeholder dynamics are unpredictable. And the environment is volatile. 
And so you need to guide your prospects and clients for a process of buying. But it's difficult when the processes that most consultants use have become rigid and inflexible. So if the selling and buying processes are not linear, and your prospects are actually changing their minds on a regular basis, then a linear approach simply won't be effective. It'll take time, it'll take up a lot of effort and time and energy, and you really need to get a fast way to go through that prospecting to sell cycle. The one thing that I learned during my time going through the lean startup movement a few years back, in that getting a new startup and getting it to run quickly was a real capability to actually do this in an agile way. Now, the concept was based on something called build, test and learn. And in essence, it was a key to lean and all the concepts that came out in the manufacturing world many, many years ago in the 70s and 80s. But the whole mechanism can actually be applied to selling consulting. Your competitive edge is about speed to respond faster than your competition. It's absolutely key. I can't tell you how many projects that I've won from competitors just as a result of my response time. I've been able to adjust my approach, message or interaction with the prospect or client quickly. What it requires is communication that demonstrates you get where your client's coming from and you have a solution that's relevant. Look, the goal's not new, but the challenges surrounding it are because changes to the prospect's business now occurs daily and even hourly. Now, these changes are sometimes unexpected to the client stakeholders themselves. So rather than have a long, drawn-out sequential process to convert prospects to clients, there is a much faster and efficient approach that allows you to go through mini conversion cycles that I call sales sprints. It's an iterative approach built for speed. Now, I've learned this along the way because I know it works for me. And the same might apply to you. It's agile in its nature for both you and the prospect. It's a process that I use to pivot and flow my prospects or clients through and their changing needs. It does it with ease and it leans into a driving consensus quickly and it brings it down into everyday conversations that happen on the ground level. Developing this actionable agility means adopting a sprint pattern of sales sprints. You'll need to move away from targeting, prospecting, qualifying, proposing, and closing. You need to get away from that traditional five-stage process of getting a prospect into a client. But there are five stages that you do need to navigate your clients through. And those are slightly different stages from prospect to client. And they consist of the following. There's preparation. There's targeting. There's messaging. There's engaging and then advancing. So preparing, targeting, messaging, engaging, and advancing are actually the cycle that I would suggest is a much faster cycle to take your clients through. But as you can imagine, there's more detail underneath that. So let me just go through some of that for you right now. And we can actually dedicate a specific episode if people think that's the right thing that they would like to hear about in each of those areas for you. And I can walk you through that whole process in a bit more detail. But in essence, a sales sprint is what I call a burst of activity that revolves around key moments of conversation with the customer. And so each sprint should result in a mini close. And if you imagine these sprints happening, whether you're having those conversations with clients or potential customers, then each of those sprints should actually have an outcome that's a mini close. Now, it works because it's a process-driven method and it develops agility that quickly gets to the core that the prospect needs and communicates messaging accordingly. Now, as consultantpreneurs, you need to be able to message the moment and you need to be able to do it every time and retrospectively take action accordingly with what you've heard. Now, these five steps in a sprint are conducted iteratively. Each sprint moves you forward to the point of the actual sale. It's not the sale itself, but it gets you closer to the sale, but it does it in a way that allows you to get the client to move along with the process, but at the same time, actually understand what his decision making is along that path. Now, let me briefly go through each of those steps for you. 
Now, just as a reminder, just in case you've forgotten, those five steps are prepare, target, message, engage, and advance. Now, the first step is all around how do you prepare in a way that rises above those everyday insights? And what I mean by that is that you need to be able to prepare beyond what the client already knows and what he's thinking. It's about how you have that conversation with clarity. Prospects don't want to be sold or be prospected to, but they do want to be engaged. And engagement comes from what's unique in their setting. Now, developing a deeper understanding of the prospect's challenges, it's a front-loaded activity, but this is extra work that hopefully yields more long-term revenue for you. Now, as the outreach becomes more salient, more prospects are likely to be travelled the full length of that sales cycle with you. Now, what this means is that you've got to communicate competency early and often. You've got to put prospects at the heart of that conversation. It also positions a partnership to become collaborative rather than transactional. So getting that preparation done beyond what the client already knows will actually help you communicate effectively, ensure that the prospect's at the heart of that conversation and make sure that they realize that actually you're going through a partnership and not aiming for just a transactional activity. Now, the second stage you're going to go through is actually targeting. And we've said this before in previous episodes about, well, choosing the right client, making sure that you know who your targets are, making sure you know who you're selling to. But right now, where you're in a position where you're going through the sales cycle, you probably know who you want to tackle, but you've got to get laser focused on the outcomes they're trying to achieve. Targeting isn't about who you're going for. Targeting is about making sure that you understand what outcomes you're going for. Then you go for the people that you want to work with based on that. Now, targeting consists of delivering clarity in three areas. You've got to know your customer. You've got to know your value and how unique you are from the competition. And you've got to have a conversation plan. Stage three is about messaging. In messaging, you've got a structure and message that gains interest. Now, with structured messaging, you'll avoid falling into a long-winded monologue. Taking a structured approach to messaging gains the customer's trust, and it does it by delivering relevance early. Relevance is what prevents the prospect from feeling that they're being sold to. You get into a process where you're making the meeting measurable by drafting a message that offers quantifiable results. And your message also invites a call for action and not just for information. So that messaging stage is actually quite important for you to craft appropriately. Fourthly, it's about engagement, but you engage with new insight. Now, each sprint is propelled by a new insight. So every time you have that conversation, every time you go through that cycle of sprint, you'll actually be doing it with new things to say and new things to talk about. So what you do then is actually leverage the information you've already learned from the client and the prospect and you advance based on that. And then your pursuit starts to become about creating salient insights and you're ultra customizing your messaging. It also sort of fosters authenticity. You know, you're demonstrating the ability to listen and learn and apply critical thinking because of what you heard before. And then what it also does is it distills the value proposition to what really matters. And then stage five is therefore then to advance that conversation with new information learned and the call to action. It allows the interaction to carry on with some momentum and it builds momentum after every sprint. It gives them a chance to reflect and to give them a chance to be able to follow up and debrief on any collaboration actions that you decided to take. It also gives you a chance to follow through on commitments. So those five stages are very different to the traditional ways of actually taking your clients through the sales cycle. Preparation, targeting, messaging, engaging, and advancing. But the big difference is, 
is that you'll do it in mini sprints. And in order to do that, you'll need to be able to schedule those mini sprints in. The approach is different because it's agile. It's different because you're taking an iterative approach to the discussions and the conversations that you're having with your clients. And on each conversation, you're building those up into a way that you can take the client through the journey with you and through a sales cycle that actually is one that's balanced out with what the requirements are from the clients and what the clients need to make decisions on how to progress your propositions and what your value is throughout the organization and allows them to take the rest of the organization through that whole sales process. And it gets you from client to prospect much faster, but in an agile way that allows them to be able to make those decisions quickly, but with you. So here we are. We've come to the end of episode seven. And if you've made it all the way to the end, well, thank you. And I congratulate you for doing so. I'm really grateful that you've taken the time to do so. And in episode eight, I'll be going through something called outreach and how to make your first move and reach out to your prospects with a really simple goal of getting them to be your clients. Now, before I go, yep, guess what? I'm going to set you some homework. Go and find yourself some space. Get yourself an hour, half an hour, whatever you might need. Get yourself comfortable, get a cup of coffee and a clean sheet of paper, and we'll start to think a little bit about how to move an agile way of interacting with your prospects and clients. Now think about your next potential meeting with a prospect or a client, whether it be by email, phone, face-to-face. Just take a moment to go through some of the following questions that I'll leave with you for now. How will you prepare for your next interaction and rise above the current thinking that the client's already got? How will you ensure you know exactly what the outcomes are that they're trying to achieve? What about the structure of your messaging? Is that clear? Are you capturing the interest of the client? Think about how you're going to engage with them and the new insights that you're going to gain from the interactions that you've already had with them and you're about to have with them when you have that next conversation. And how will you advance that conversation with the tangible call for action? So what will that call for action be that allows you to be able to get more information and insight to have another follow-on discussion? And as I said before, treat every one of those discussions and meetings as a mini closeout. But the mini closeout doesn't close out with a sale. It closes out with a set of actions that moves you along for the next stage. Now, when you truly become sales agile, you'll bring a differentiated buying experience to your prospects and your clients. Becoming agile in the sales pursuit means meeting your clients and prospects wherever they are in their buying journey. You put them at the center of all the selling actions and you work in a non-linear way. It enables you to get better insights. It's a structured way of messaging the value and a call to action with multiple mini closes that are fine-tuned to better position you for success and to give you the consulting edge. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm truly blessed. I hope that you managed to get some real value and insight from this week's show. Don't forget, you can sign up and download each action guide for free or email me directly on masood at theconsultingedge.co if you want to connect. Hey, I'd love to hear about your story and also to let me know what you'd like to listen to on any of the future series of the podcast. Until then, here's to your continued success to find your consulting edge, become a consultant preneur and be part of the One Million Futures.